Hey, and welcome to the 29th episode of the We All Serve podcast. Angel, no, no echo. You're good. Um, this is episode 29, so that is pretty freaking cool. Um, this is going to be an awesome one. Um, super pumped about this because it combines two, well, now three, three of the loves of my life um, in one conversation. And I'll go through that in a second. Coffee, Navy. Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> Service. And I was going to say you, yeah. Angel. Yeah, you were number three. Of so, course. So, so don't beat up on me too quickly. I was about to give you a compliment. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate it. I'll later in a back end, in a back end compliment. One's <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, you're the best, best little guy here dressed. You know, you're the best guy to attend the, the meeting and you're the only one that shows up. Oh, oh. Well, I'm super pumped about this one. Um, and, you know, honestly, super pumped about every uh, conversation we've done. Um, and we've had just an awesome, awesome lineup of, of people on the pod. Uh, so obviously I encourage anybody tuning in to check out our library. Um, we're going to get our website up very, very soon. Um, but if you go on social media and you look at, we all serve all of our conversations um, that we've had. Uh, this is going back to uh, this pretty much the period of COVID because this is when the podcast got started originally with Robert Lewis and then uh, continuing on with my good buddy over here, Angel Torres. It's really been a, uh, a COVID success story. Um, so a great library there of now 29 conversations. And we've got a couple more good ones lined up. So make sure you're clicking subscribe, rate, review. And Angel, what else do we need people to do? We need them to share and talk about them in a good way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Next, next quarter, we're going to start. We all serve gear. You know what? Um, Angel, cool, do you right? want to talk about what you are wearing? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, well, I've got, I went yesterday, I went to Chicago veterans. They had uh, the great folks over at Grunt Style donated a bunch of gear to, um, to the veterans in Chicago. And uh, I went and saw Karen Hernandez, the executive director. She gave us a call and they hooked us up with some shirts and jackets and jackets that say grunt style on them. I don't know if you can see that. And I'm just excited to wear it. And it's also comfortable and such a great thing to wear. I'm so proud to wear it. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's cool gear. I really like that jacket. And um, I was uh, I was bugging you earlier that um, you're just you're wearing the jacket because you're just covering up um, what grunt style put on there. Of Go Army, beat Navy, right? Yeah, that's what it says. That's what it says on the back. Yeah, near near down low. That's down where it low. is. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, hey, listen. Just a reminder of who won the game and how they won the game this year. Just saying. A lot. It was a beatdown. But you know what? I'm really excited about today and our podcast today because it's Martin Luther King Day. And uh, when we started thinking about you know different guests and people that we could bring on, um, we started kind of rambling a bunch of names. And I wanted to bring in someone that that to me, since I met him a few years back, uh, really, really um, encompasses what inclusion and what. Um, service and, and getting together with everybody and ever having everybody in the room have a voice and uh, respecting that voice and kind of bringing everybody into the discussion. And that there was only one name that came up and it was, uh, it was Brandon Marty, who's just, you know, just been such a great, great person and a supporter of veterans and the community that we live in. So I'm really excited, really excited to bring him in. 
Totally excited about it. Um, we're gonna we're gonna bring him right in. But uh, Angel, just before we go there, I know last week we uh, we had that aha moment where we talked about our where we talked about our weeks, and um, so let's uh, let's do that again because I know yeah. we've got some folks tuning in. I just shared Sarah. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your support. Appreciate it. So, how was your week, Angel? It was it was unbelievable. I mean, um, I was really getting down about the business because things have been kind of slow and everything. And uh, what happened was Friday, you know, I have friends that are at, that create advocacy, you know, they're advocates for me and they reach out. And finally, this one deal that I've been chasing forever kind of came through and it always, you know, the business just starts picking up and it just, you have to believe in yourself. And when you don't, you know, surround yourself with good people that are your cheerleaders that help guide you and help give you good advice on how to, how to stay the course. And Awkward pause, and oh, uh, <laughs> and and just do do what you love, and being true to yourself, and and not trying to do too many things that aren't your core competency. Do what you do well, and do what you love. That's what I learned this week. Yeah, it's an important lesson, and I think it was right after. Um, oh, that's strange. Echo. Um, right after our we spoke, I think it was last week um, on our pod, um, you shared something with me and we're not going to go into too much detail, but you know, it, there's so many awesome companies, so many awesome organizations that are out there um, as we'll talk about with Brandon that are, you know, all about, you know, service. And as we always say on the program, um, we all serve that it's not just folks that put on the uniform. It's, it's, uh, it's also all the companies and organizations I will say, um, and you and I've talked at length about this, um, not everybody follows that that mantra and follows that philosophy. And that's honestly that that was I was thinking about our 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 chat um all week and it's it's been bugging me. So my uh, my message out there to any companies and employers is you know what, you can do your part, do the right thing. Um and uh you know I understand right now I I am uh I am actually on active duty orders. And I understand what it means to, uh, you know, to, to, to multitask and companies that do it. God bless you. Um, really, really God bless you. And, and to those that aren't, um, all I can say is learn the law, <laughs> learn the law and, and, and you can play your part in service. Just p- playing a, say, leaving it on a positive note is you can play. There your you part go. There you service. go. Let's go ahead and bring Brandon in. Let's do it. There we go. There is Brandon, that handsome fellow over there. Hey guys, how you um, doing? It's great to have you, man. Um, so Brandon, uh, Marty, I'm going to do the uh, the quick buy over here. Brandon, I, I know Angel, you're happy about this. Brandon is a Navy veteran with experience across a range of challenging environments, from flight decks on naval vessels to corporate C-suite to the bootstrapped startup. Um, in uh, the Department of the Navy, actually asked for Brandon's assistance in submitting a bid from the City of Chicago to host the 2017. Warrior Games, and Brandon voluntarily led that effort to build public and private sector support and brought the Department of Navy leadership to meet with Chicago leaders, and it led to the awarding of the Games to Chicago. Veterans advocacy is Brandon's vocation, that continued service, which we always talk about, um, and that's reflected in the mission of the companies um, that he leads, Veterans Roasters, which I'm super pumped to talk about, and Bridge My Return. We'll share more, uh, of course, contact information shortly. Um, so without further ado, Brandon Marty, welcome to the program. Thank you. Shalom, Angel. Thanks for having me. There, we, we, there was a very short list of people we wanted to have today, and you were, you were on it. You no, were I, I, 
I appreciate it. I, I listened I said, to your all intro the people and I, that helped me start my business. Let's go to those guys. And, and that was you. No, I, <laughs> I, like I said, I, I'm honored to be here, especially on a, a day like today, Martin Luther King Day. Um, I, I'm not going to do it justice, probably, uh, for the, how important this day is and, and, you know, what we should be thinking about and certainly talking about. So hopefully we'll get into some of those conversations as well. But um, I'm happy to be here and I appreciate the opportunity. Oh uh, yeah, it'll be good. So going going uh back to uh to uh who you are. Um, you know, where where are you from and why in the world did you join the uh and I'm not gonna make all the all the fun navy digs because I'm outnumbered <laughs> over here. But why did you join the military? <laughs> so I actually I I from uh, right outside Milwaukee, Wisconsin, that's where I grew up. I had a very strong influence in my life in my in my early years. My grandfather on my mother's side, uh, he was Army Air Corps in World War II, and then uh, went used the GI Bill at UW Madison, and then um, got commissioned to the Air Force as soon as it was established, and flew in the Air Force uh, for over twenty six years. So um, he had nothing but a great story. He's a great storyteller, and. Um, you know, we listened to him from an early age and, uh, you know, quickly service became really important to me as well. So um, that's why I joined the military. I never thought I was actually going to be in the Navy, um, nor did my grandfather. Uh, he was a, a little disappointed with me. Uh, the, the funny story goes, uh, and this is getting into my Navy career a little bit. Um, when I was <clears throat> interviewing, excuse me, for... Um, ROTC uh, scholarships. I, I applied for both the Air Force and the Navy. And in the Air Force interview, they asked me if I wanted to fly. I said, no way in hell. And um, what did I end up doing? The Navy ended up flying. So, <laughs> and, and I didn't get the Air Force scholarship, but I got the Navy scholarship. That, so that's, that's my Navy stuff. Mine was similar. Mine was, where am I going to be stationed? And the Air Force guy said, Wichita, Kansas, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, some missile silo in the middle of nowhere. And the Navy guy goes, dude, we're going to Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I ended up in the better place, I think. <laughs> it's wild. That's wild. So you, so you joined the Navy. Um, and uh, how long were you in? I was in for uh, 11 years on the active side, did two years on the reserve after up at Great Lakes. Um, most of the time I was in San Diego. So I went down to Pensacola, did all my flight school down there for about two years. And then uh selected helicopters, uh, finished up my advanced helicopter training, and then uh, got orders out to San Diego. And that's where I spent uh, most of my time before finally coming back and actually finishing my last two years at Great Lakes, uh, kind of close to home, which was which was really fun and interesting. How, do, how does someone, and we've talked about this at great length, but how does someone go, go from from fine helos and and do I, I understand you do all the advocacy and stuff in the veteran space in the city to one day just saying, you know, I really love coffee and I just kind of want to be the guy that makes coffee. How does that happen? That's actually a good question. I don't know if I have a great answer for it. I, I think for me, I, it was about being entrepreneurial. It was about starting something um, similar to why I joined the Navy, starting and being something um, that's bigger than yourself. And, and hopefully, I won't be the only one that touches this and leads this uh, organization, but start something and kind of see where it goes is challenging, uh, can teach you a lot and you learn a lot. I think flying did that for me. Certainly a lot of challenges. And my whole Navy career uh, was kind of a smorgasbord of 
opportunities and jobs. I, I went from flying for four years to being uh, an admiral's aide for almost three years, which is almost unheard of because nobody usually survives that long. Doesn't and then, or uh, strike uh, group. Yeah, that was strike group. Yeah, strike yeah. group seven on Nimitz. And then, um, then from there, going and uh, being the first kind of active duty lead of the Navy's Wounded Warrior Program out of Great Lakes and the, and the Midwest region when the Midwest region was a thing and had a star um, at, uh, stationed at Great Lakes. So those are three very different experiences um, that, that kind of lead you in kind of very different paths and, and allow you very di many different opportunities and areas to develop skills and competencies. And I, you know, after getting out, it was just kind of something that I, I kind of always challenged myself and tried uh, being involved with Bunker Labs, um, just incubating different companies and just thinking about it. And then kind of seeing this intersection after being part of Warrior Games um, and, and what a great event that was. And kind of just thinking outside the box and thinking about different ways to uh, present that event and, and execute that event. Um, but how we, we can build the kind of bring the intersection of, you know, a for-profit company and a company that's a, a consumer product good like coffee and uh, make a different in p difference in people's lives because it's, you know, we will probably get more, more to this as well. I mean, it, to go into work every day and see the veteran who was the struggling veteran, um, see that self-confidence back, see that self-empowerment back and see the pride that they have in the product. Um, and their work on a daily basis is is pretty amazing, and it's really no different than when they had the uniform on. It's just in a different place, and, and the pride in the focus. brand. Yeah, yeah, because they see they see that as you know they're part of building this company and they're part of making it what it is, and they feel that, which I'm I'm very proud of. Yeah, it's it's uh, amazing, amazing the things that you are doing. So. During your time in service, is there any folks that you, I mean, you, you worked as an admiral's aide, so that may be the answer, but um, who, who can you point to sort of as a best friend, greatest mentor that made you who you are today? No, no, don't, Brian. Don't, Brian. It, it's too embarrassing. You shouldn't, you shouldn't. It's okay. It's okay. Well, I didn't know anything. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's hard for me to say. But anything. if you did. <laughs> I'm blushing. I'm blushing yes. too much. Too much. Actually, <laughs> the, the interesting story about Angel and I, we hadn't, we had never met, um, but he was still on active duty. And my boss at the time, who was Strike Group 7 at Nimitz, yeah. Admiral Roden, who, what Strike Group was, um, what, what uh, carrier were you on? Angel I was on uh, Reagan. Reagan. Roden left, and then Gear came. Gear, you were Gear's guy, and then Gear came over to the Reagan. Because what Roden, group was that? What I want to say three, was Reagan. Or five or something like that. Yeah, I think it was three. So basically, my boss, um, and and it was it was due to Roden had a a, per, a personal uh, family health. kind of emergency. Yeah, health. One of, one of his children had a, a kind of health issue, and so like a week and a half before the, you guys left in deployment, they switched out admirals. And I, I was really good friends with the the striker raid over there, Pat Gegg, and um, and we just swapped admirals basically. And uh, Admiral Roden came to seven, and and Admiral Guerrier went to went to three, and went on the deployment. Uh, we were sitting at uh, at Third Fleet at the time because Nimitz was in the yards, so we didn't really have a carrier. And we weren't really doing much. Um, and at the time, timing for me in my personal life, uh, another story that could probably take another thirty minutes was I had. I just had, my wife had just had twins 
as well. Now that, that was child two and three and 13 months. So my wife was like, there is no way you were going on this deployment. <laughs> no way. Um, and it ended up being a pretty long deployment too, right? Because you had the a Fukushima, you had that kind of the, the natural disaster in Japan and um, kind of a whole bunch of other things. So, um, but to get to your question, Shalom, um, I think really at my kind of early, in my early career, I had some, I had really good squadron COs um, and, and one specifically, um, Captain Tim Wilson, uh, what I just had come into the squadron and we were kind of struggling as a group and he had just taken over and we had a number of other issues and kind of climate morale problems. And he, um, he really laid down the law and, but and did it in a way that was really kind of focused on um, improving the lives of everyone and ensuring the safety really of lives when you start talking about helicopter squadrons. And over the course of the next three years, you probably in the army, um, I don't know how you um, command or award um, squadrons or different commands, but we won the battle E, which is like the best squadron on that um, it, within that coast kind of or whatever area, yeah, area of responsibility. We won the battle E for like the next five years. Um, and he was really, he, and, and the, the CEOs that came after him, the commanding officers that came after him were really kind of the ones that um, were, were really uh, very lucky to follow uh, Captain Wilson, who went on to do a number of other things. So I think it, it's him. It, it, Admiral Geary was phenomenal. Um, and even uh, when we're talking about, uh, you know, after my military career, I... One thing you didn't hit on is I, I was a chief of staff at uh, a medical association was my transition job. And it was one of those opportunities where I really I called it. Um, it was kind of my practical MBA. I had an opportunity to touch a lot of different pieces of organization, sit at the C-suite with the CEO. And uh, my boss at the time, uh, Charles Roussel, uh, brought me in as kind of knowing I knew nothing, uh, but knowing I had the military experience to help him uh, drive a, a change strategy throughout the organization. And it was um, <clears throat> it was hard, and <laughs> but I learned a ton. And uh, that, I've been very fortunate to, to have a number of different mentors and bosses and just being opportunities to learn a lot. It sounds like it. Angel only budgets about five seconds for me to do a bio. So I apologize. I had squeezed everything no, into those to those couple of seconds. No, that's all good. All good. Yeah. One thing that really sticks out, I'm going to change gears for a second, talk about include diversity and inclusion because today is what it is, is um, I know that Brandon is someone that opened my eyes as uh, an inclusion champion. We were, um, I don't know if you remember, we were uh, with a bank, a financial institution, uh, doing a consulting gig, and halfway through, and if if it's you know, do you mind me discussing it? I apologize, and you can beat me up later. But um, we're having this discussion about diversity in the military and where the military brings in, you know, a, it's a a, a, micro, a reflection of society as a whole, and we're talking about LBGTQ uh, and and Brandon just stands up in the middle of the boardroom. And, and the chief uh, include diversity and inclusion officer sitting right there. And he's like, yeah, look, you know, and we represent everybody. And, and I have a transgender child. And, and this is some things. And I remember just sitting there and this is actually expression on my face. And and I was like, dude, I don't know what I don't know. And I said, Brandon, you got to educate me, man. You got to help me help me understand how how do you know there's a child? And he he walked me through this. And my I realized at that moment, I don't know, Jack. <laughs> But I wanted yeah. to learn. 
Yeah, no, I appreciate you bringing that up. Uh, you know, I, uh, I'm, I'm honored and proud of my, of my daughter, who's now 10, <clears throat> who uh, kind of uh, came out as non-binary when she was five. And, you know, it's been a process as a family and for us, um, and an amazing learning process. And is I'm fortunate that, you know, I, I'm not living the life, right? But I'm experiencing someone that very close to me that's living that life. And, you know, I don't know the lives that, um, you know, Black and Latino and, and you know, other um minority groups live, but I, I certainly love to listen and learn and um, support. And, I, and I'm very fortunate, you know, now to also get in my MBA at Loyola and being part of the, the Baumhart Scholars Program, which I'll, I'll put a plug in for, um, which is in the second court. And, and it's opening my eyes to a lot of different experiences and, and through multitude of industries and life experience and, uh, you know, global experience. And so I, I, all I can say is I'm, I'm, I'm on a path. We all should be on a path um, to, not, to start with empathy, but also learn how, what we can do to, to support those um, groups that, you know, certainly in the past have, have not had um, a champion, the opportunities, yeah, the mm -hmm. opportunities, right. And the experiences and, and do whatever we can to really be open to everybody and to learn and, and understand how great diversity is in improving teams and improving our lives. Um, I, I, I'm just so fortunate with the, the number of people that I are in my life and my network um, that I, and I've been just fortunate to come across and, and learn and experience. Um, so yeah, no, I appreciate you sharing that. And I'm very open uh, to that because it's an experience that unless you live it, you don't know much about it. And so I, the more I can share with others um, about this experience, which was very new to us, but um, you know, we're all on the pathway to, to learning and hopefully understanding and empathizing. Yeah. I think if empathy is a big piece, I think to me, and it's just my beliefs, it starts with curiosity and, and being able to um, authentically ask questions and say, I, I don't know what I don't know, and I wish someone would educate me. I think we went back to the car, and I said, "Hey, man, you got five minutes to just explain how that, you know, how 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 that happens and how you interact with the child." Because it's so foreign to me, and I think that cur having curiosity and being able being open to answer questions and being able to ask questions is a big part to people, you know, learning to get along. Yeah, I like I agree. I I think it starts with openness. I think that's um, that's super important. But I, I totally agree. So, Brandon, let's get into uh, you're involved in a bunch of different uh, amazing, amazing things, both as uh, as volunteer, as professional. Let's get into um, the professional side, veterans roasters. I, I meant what I said yeah. earlier um, that, uh, you know, coffee is kind of a love of my life over here. Um, and what you are doing, the mission is is just totally incredible. So if you don't mind, uh, Brandon, what what is the mission of Veterans Roasters? Tell us where you're located and the, the kind of things that you guys are up to. Yeah, so um, we're located on the west side of Chicago in East Garfield Park. Um, you know, we started in 2017 uh, as really as the idea of uh, let's roast some coffee and hire some folks and, you know, figure, figure it out as we go. We have some great partners in terms of, you know, I come at this, like I mentioned, I, I come at this really as a using coffee as a vehicle to change lives. I, like you, uh, enjoy coffee, um, and it certainly keeps me going, but um, knew nothing about it. 
and we needed a really good roasting partner, coffee partner in this. And <clears throat> that's where we found a gentleman by the name of Josh Millman and Passion House Coffee Roasters, um, who at the time was looking for an opportunity to kind of have a bigger impact socially. And um, when we approached it with him, he just loved the idea. And um, basically, we just came in uh, to his spaces, um, rented an area, and then worked with him on kind of developing our blends, um, buying, sourcing coffee from all over the world, you know, roasting it, packing it, and and getting it out to the world. And and very quickly, we realized we we um, we have to we have to like pick a focus. Like a business is like not you can't be everything all people. And we thought, um, you know, really focusing on wholesale or B2B sales, um, you know, working with restaurants, working with corporate offices, working with um, hospitality was really a good way for us to interact and, and be partners in, in what you talked about earlier and kind of this um, vendor diversity slash kind of corporate partnership uh, area, because I think so many businesses want to do that and want to have a diverse set of vendors and want to support um causes in different ways and they all they all need coffee for example or you know a lot of other products in the office and so we really kind of found this niche in this area and it certainly started locally but then we've grown to to do things with um you know companies like hyatt like american airlines um like del frisco's steakhouse nationally where their coffee had um, used to be over 55 locations and they've uh, re recently obviously reduced significantly but it was really kind of you know get get coffee out there tell a good story as well as you know bring people in that are really in need of a an opportunity and create this culture and this community for them to grow one re kind of establish themselves um but then you know grow personally and we've certainly seen that can you profile one of your impact stories one of the folks that you've that you've helped um pedro you, i want to hear the pedro story i never yeah, get tired of hearing that <laughs> pedro was our first uh veteran he um Marine vet uh, came out um, uh, of the Marines and kind of struggled, um, moved down to Florida, got into construction. He's from Chicago originally, moved back home, and he's just having a hard time finding himself, um, was dealing with uh, kind of alcohol issues, ended up getting a DUI, and that's kind of when he fell flat on his face. Um, spent some time living on the streets, uh, couch surfing when he could, and we found him. Uh, through Intervoice, who's a, a, a local uh, veterans uh, homeless shelter, and um, or I said transitional housing, not not homeless shelter, but um, and he he was all about it, and uh, <laughs> kind of learned together as he was our first veteran, and he just he just dove into coffee, uh, loved it, uh, loved kind of the process, and and the guy passionate about it, and you know f you know from there he's uh, since kind of taken over as uh, operations manager um you know sadly in the last six months uh we've we've had to reduce drastically um our <clears throat> our team um but he actually got a really cool construction gig because of some people he met at the farmer's market that we sold our product in the summer and so he, he was he was building sheds and building houses in michigan um and having the time of his life especially um being cooped up for COVID for a couple months um but he, I mean, he, we sent him to Papua New Guinea to uh, one of our partner farms, and he spent 10 days there, learned all about coffee, and then connected with Australian veterans who were there working the land. We, they have a really cool partnership with this, uh, with Sergi, 
plantation and benchmark coffees in Papua New Guinea, where they bring Australian veterans over um, to work the land and kind of decompress. Wives will call um, the op the ops director over there, who's an army vet himself, and just say, "I got to send my my husband needs to get away from here," and they'll come over, and it's just a great kind of atmosphere for them to kind of find themselves again. But anyway, so we we found opportunities for this, and and Pedro's gone back to school. Um, has a wonderful girlfriend, you know, kind of just reestablish himself um, just by having an opportunity in the community kind of the, that supports him and surrounds him. It's awesome. Yeah. And, and the, your hands are, you stay so busy. I mean, I don't know how you do it with school and with um, uh, veteran roasters and doing all the stuff in the community. You also work with an organization, uh, Bridge My Return, uh, with uh, Bob Hogan. I know you work with Bob over there. And it's a technology platform that uh, works with companies and and veterans and kind of aligns them in a different way. Could you talk about that a bit? Yeah. So, you know, I've always found, you know, when I was with um, the Navy's Wounded War Program, when I was selected mm -hmm. PD, I always found and I, and I kind of I was fortunate to have that opportunity because I learned about transition before transitioning myself. Um, and whether it was working with Wounded Warriors or just working with veterans transitioning, kind of how hard it is to kind of find that next step for you and that next passion and really establish yourself. Right. And, and I, in some ways it's, it's like a support system and a network in itself, kind of your professional life. And so I've, I've known and I've been around kind of all of the, a lot of these um, support organizations, whether nonprofit, for profit, and a lot of them around, how many is it? Is it like 400,000 VSOs we have now? In the, yeah. In the, it's, it's a, a really big number. number. Yeah. It's a crazy number. Um, and in Illinois, I think it's like 45,000. Yep. And most of them are around employment. A lot of them are, are around employment. And there's just so much noise out there. And uh, Bob Hogan randomly called me on the blue. He heard about our coffee company. And, you know, he told me what he was doing probably like two years ago now. And his company called Bridge My Return, they, they take a holistic approach to um, veteran employment. And they try to solve two problems. Number one is underemployment for veterans. Because unemployment's no longer really much of a problem like it was in 11 and 12 um, when you had the unemployment rate above 25% for veterans. We've solved that problem. Now it's more around underemployment. And number two, it's, it's retaining. Like, are, you, are you able to kind of um, retain veterans that work for you, especially within that first year? And so we, BMR does it in two ways. One, it's around um, kind of this technology platform. It takes veterans through a process of really understanding their skills and then through that process they really they develop a resume that and the at the end of it after 25 30 minutes it kicks out a resume that they can use with the companies uh that bmr um has on their platform or they can use it on their own they could they could submit it to other jobs <clears throat> and number two provides like support and coaching support as well um as they prepare to interview and things like that. And on the, on the company side, um, does a, a lot of education. Angel, we've been fortunate to have you kind of help in some of the, the strategy development. If, if a company is looking to develop a strategy or refresh a strategy around kind of veteran employment, but also educate around what's the veteran experience. <clears throat> like how do you, how do you put together and how do you um, uh, develop like a, <clears throat> excuse me, an employee resource group? Um, or our peer-to-peer -peer mentoring um, program or different things that like help veterans. <coughs> Sorry, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Drink they, some coffee. Yeah, where is it? 
I'll be up all night then. Um, but they focus on just ways to like where a company can help retain and train and develop an onboard a veteran. Um, and really they should be doing it for all their employees in a lot of ways. I mean, this isn't really veteran specific. So anyway, it, it takes kind of both sides, right? And hopefully elevates them and allows them to kind of live in, in a, in a, in a, a space where they're not, um, Bob Hogan likes to use an analogy where you're not fishing in an ocean, but you're fishing in a tank where you're, where companies see the value and the assets that veterans can bring to the organization. And then they have access to these veterans and same for veterans. <clears throat> veterans connect and um, see the companies that value them for who they are and what they can bring to the organization. And so it's kind of this, this mutual connection. It's, I mean, it's like match.com. It's like, you know, you name it, but it's just, it's this kind of space where we can um, be supportive of each other for all the right reasons. Got it, yeah, one thing I was really excited about, well, firstly, one of the funniest aha moments I've ever seen was when I was with Brandon and we were doing, I think we were doing a focus group with some veterans that were in the company. And when the, one of the IT, I think it was an IT guy. And he said, yeah, I'm, I was afraid to tell you guys about any kind of disability I had because I didn't want to, I didn't want the stigma that came with that. And you saw yeah. their eyes get this big and they're like, Whoa, this is, this is what's going on. This is the, um, um, the situation in our company that no one's talking about and to be able to provide the BMR with their uh, approach to be able to provide that insight and that honesty um, really, really is something that can change the narrative. But um, in my opinion, but I want to talk a little bit about where veteran roasters is going. I, I understand there's a project in the works uh, in the Pullman area. And I was hoping Brandon would share with us because I think that, People, if you're not in involved with it, you need to get involved with this project. Yes, so we we have been uh, very fortunate to have uh, support, some support. Uh, the former mayor, uh, Emmanuel, was very supportive, and we were fortunate to get uh, a $2 million grant from the uh, Neighborhood Opportunity Fund. Our whole goal is to really expand it and grow, and, and the only way to do that is really uh, produce coffee as a sizable portion where you can really get out there in the world, especially when you start talking about grocery and retail chains and, and you know other significant vending type opportunities. With that, I think there's a lot of other um, channels and um, areas we can go and grow. And one of those things we've been thinking about is around uh, beer specifically. A lot of these things are around social, right? Beverages around, it's especially in this country, beverages around like socialization. Unless you're drinking like water, sparkling water, like everything we do, right? Um, and so we we developed a uh, a beer brand, and we've done a, a few things. It, it's it's slow in kind of its launch, but it's called R and R Brews. And then be, between those two concepts, we're like, why don't we just also do a restaurant? And when you start looking at areas that are food deserts or don't really have this kind of community building, kind of this centralized community effect that really restaurants bring to neighborhoods or bring to uh, cities. Um, we we uh, were introduced to the Pullman area, which is on the south side of Chicago. It's like 111th and Cottage Grove, if you're familiar. And it's, it, not many people know, but it's actually a national historic landmark that President Obama um, I think in 2015 now, right before he uh, left office, he declared it a, a national historic landmark. And it's uh, George Pullman was the um, the person that started. The, it was actually a, one of the first planned cities in the United States. And it was all around building rail cars. 
And that's when you talk like Michelle Obama's, I think, grandfather or maybe great grandfather was a Pullman porter. That when you hear that kind of that term Pullman porter, that's the Pullman neighborhood. And so it's now a neighborhood in, in Chicago on the on the far south side that's being revitalized. And uh, we love kind of the the idea of doing that, kind of revitalizing a community and doing so in in terms of coffee production and beer production, but also this this centralized community hub uh, that a restaurant and a cafe and that like food can bring. So we're really excited um, to be, we're in early stages, but we were fortunate to get a two, $2 million grant from the city through, like I said, through the neighborhood opportunity fund. <clears throat> we also received a, a $2 million grant from the state. And so we have a little bit more money to raise, but we're in kind of full throes of design and concept and kind of where we're going to be in Pullman and raising money and so it's it's certainly exciting so like what you said angel that's a full-time job in itself and try to run a coffee business and start and kind of relaunch a beer company after COVID. little mba thing little cool little, little, little analytics and three kids and yeah you know all this stuff you but know, anyway Brent, so, go ahead sure. oh, i was about to say i mean it, it, I, as i'm hearing everything that you're talking about it's just i'm reflecting on how amazing it is that we're having you on today on MLK Day, um, and really, you're setting the standard as it relates to service. Um, and you know, you're 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 talking the talk and walking the walk, and it's it's really just as inspirational. So thank you. No, I I, I appreciate it. Hey, you know, I I all we can do is make whatever impact we can in kind of the the short time we're here. Um, and I certainly see that more, more now, more more than ever, uh, especially with the last ten months have kind of brought to us, and and uh, that's what makes me get up in the morning, you know, continue. And I and I know when I talk to Angel, that's kind of the thing that drives him, and kind of, you know, supporting our communities and supporting the community that we're a part of, right? The the veterans community is really important to me, and supporting the the people like Angel. Uh, who are, you know, kind of just churning and burning and hustling with their business and supporting that each other in terms of what we're trying to do um, is is exciting. So, you know, I I probably should focus more. People keep telling me I should focus more on like one thing, but I just can't. I just can't. Um, I'm also on the board of a nonprofit called Kids Rank uh, near Great Lakes. It's run by Kelsey Liverpool that is basically a boys and girls club for military kids. And I love that. And I'm diving into that a little bit more. So um, I just can't, I can't stop. So basically you started a coffee company because you needed to deal with your own insomnia <laughs> and you needed to make sure that you had enough caffeine in your, in your blood stream to, to power all of the good work you're doing. Exactly. That's exactly. No, it's no, the change. It's really to, to kind of change the, the more, the more people I can bring on, you know, some bring someone in to run it and I can, I can, oversee it that'd be great you know we'll keep plugging away no it's it's you know whatever we can do to continue to to find opportunities for people to grow and, and be part of something um in their community and something that they're proud of uh and, uh, and feel a part of so that's that's what's most important to me well when we started out this podcast we talked about some of the things that we struggle with because i think there are a lot of podcasts that are hoorah and yay yay and we're also awesome and I think that that's just garbage. <laughs> and I said, okay, we're going to be different. We're going to talk about things that we struggle with and things that, you know, we, we fall short. And um, I mentioned that, you know, um, that there are people in my life, my ecosystem, close knit, that always pick me up and say, hey, man, it's, you know, we, we got this just, it's around the corner, it's around the corner. 
And I'm proud to have you as a friend that uh, I can call on. Well, Angel, I'm proud to know you, man. I'm proud of all the work you're doing. And, uh, you know, I'm always here. And, you know, I'll call you, too, when I need it. Because there's, there, you know, the ups and downs of entrepreneurship and the ups and downs of kind of life in the military, you need that strong support system. And I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think telling it like it is and being ready to direct like that, I think the, the, the thing that we struggle with most is kind of opening up and, and kind of sharing our vulnerabilities a lot of times. And I, I certainly had those. And I was fortunate to have a lot of experience and, and a degree and other things to fall back on after my transition. Um, but the most important thing is the people, I think, uh, and the community and the network that you can bring. Uh, there's there's so much like folks deal. I, I The term I, I didn't definitely didn't come up with it, but I think there's so many folks dealing with kind of that transitional anxiety, that idea of like, what does it look like on the other side? And once you get there, like, well, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Um, and it takes years. I mean, I, I'm seven years out of my active duty time. Mm -hmm. And I like I, I still feel in some ways I'm transitioning. And it's kind of one of those things like you just it takes it takes a while. That's what veteran roasters, if we can shorten and BMR, if we can shorten that time where you're kind of feeling that anxiety, um, then we've done our job because you found something. Uh, you found a, a company, you found a support system, you found something that's important to you. And that can help you grow uh, and kind of into the next phase of your life. Perfect. Shalom, you want to wrap it up, buddy? Yeah, absolutely. You know, often when I finish these conversations, I ask, you know, where where do you see things in 10 years? You've already laid out your past, your present and your future. And that's pretty awesome. So the uh, the really the, the last thing and I started uh, sharing it on the screen a moment ago is what's what's the call to action? What, what do you want people to do uh, in terms of veterans roasters? BMR, how can people be engaged, be involved, be supportive of the work that you're doing? Yeah, that'd be great. On the coffee side, whether it's you, yourself, your family, your personal coffee needs, go to veteranroasters.com and we can take care of that. You can subscribe. Angel, I think, gets his coffee like every two weeks. A couple of bags come to his house, keep him caffeinated. Gifts. Um, I give him his gifts too. Yeah, gives gifts. Um, or or your company, small, big medium size, whoever it is, if your company wants, you know, we, we have wholesale pricing and corporate vending is really important to us. Certainly, I know it's slow right now with most people at home, but we can we can get your caffeine fixed on either side. On the BMR, Bridge My Return Front, you know, if you're a veteran, go on there, um, throw in your profile. It takes 25 to 30 minutes to do a profile. And then it's just kind of uh, step back and, and let the opportunities, the matching opportunities kind of come in and connect. Or if you're a family member of a veteran, just reach out. I mean, I think one of the toughest things that we're trying we're trying to figure out at BMR is uh, work through the noise of everyone else out there. Um, and there's certainly people doing really uh, a, a good job around hiring our heroes. Um, there's other organizations doing good work, but I, I think we we have a, a different kind of model, a different approach, and and it doesn't hurt to kind of throw your eggs in multiple different baskets, right? So. Uh, on those two fronts, and, and uh, like I said, we appreciate your support and uh, keep keep drinking coffee. Shalom. Hey, for invest for investors that want to know more about the Pullman project, can they just go on your website and find out about that, or is there an email? That yeah, you reach, email? reach out to me. Yeah, I think info at veteranroasters.com. I can I can I'm really open to share more uh, around that, and uh, or you can go on the website and message us there, and you can reach me as well. Well, brother, thank you. Thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you for your, uh, uh, like I said, being the being the example of service and um, and especially on a day like today. Um, I, I've been 
honestly, reading a lot of quotes and and thinking about about service and thinking what a monumental week this is um, with uh, history being made. Um, I'm thinking about Kamala Harris, you know, being sworn in as vice president. It's it is a historic week, um, and you know what? Um, I, I I've I've actually served on the uh, Biden Harris uh, transition. What do they call it? Something committee around veterans and military families, and and you know what? Hopefully, we can uh, elevate some of the some of the stuff that you're doing, and uh, you know, make a national impact. So, I look forward to uh, to continue to see what in the White House. You know Love what? You know what? <laughs> when, when, during, the Obama, going, right? during the Obama going. years, I had their coffee, and honestly, it wasn't great. I'll be yeah. honest. So, hey, let's get it in there. Let's do it. Let's Thank do it. you, guys. Thank Take you for the guys. opportunity to be on, and I pre- I very much appreciate you both. Keep up the good work. No, looking forward. And uh, next week, uh, we'll be on uh, next Monday, 25th, with yet another conversation. So, so again, click uh, share uh, to make sure other people can find this podcast. Episode number 30 will be on next week. Uh, Make sure you're uh, liking, rating, reviewing so you don't miss a single episode. But until next week, we all serve. We'll talk to you again. Thank you.